Welcome to Faith on the Field Show. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. Great to be with you this week on all of our radio affiliates across the country. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for doing that as well. Our guest this week is Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Rashad White. So you'll hear that conversation coming up. Stay tuned for it. Now, I want to tell a quick story because you were there. You probably don't know this right now until I refresh your memory. But the only NFL game you went to in your lifetime, the only, and we spoke about this before back when we did it, but for some of our new listeners in our, our new, on our new stations may not have heard this story. So last year on my birthday, I decided instead of covering the, the a football game, it was a Monday night game, it was the Buccaneers against the Saints. I had come back from Houston to do Deshaun Watson's first game on, well, it was Houston against Cleveland on uh when was that december 4th so i just come back took an early flight babe i took a flight about like five in the morning you know how much i i, I remember that, yeah, yeah i can't to, to be here and spend time with you guys but the girls wanted to see tom brady you wanted to see tom brady i said i'm gonna go we're gonna go to the game tonight we got tickets we did it the 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 like i, I people might think oh you get comped you do this that and the other no went mm-hmm. online like everybody else bought tickets a ridiculous amount of money for tickets. So yeah. I now understand why people boo. I Before, yeah. <laughs> I was spoiled. I go to games, and I'm sitting in the press box, and you hear the boos, and especially in certain, you know, it's not as bad. It's not like that in Tampa, but I covered the Eagles for 20-something years. And now when you're paying 1500 2000 the family or whatever, I totally understand why people boo. I, I get it. I get it. When when you're watching a garbage product sometimes and you just spent all your hard-earned money. So, uh, but yeah, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I digress. Um, we go to the game. We get our seats. It's it's beautiful section, et cetera, and the Buccaneers fall behind. I think I right now I can't remember. Maybe 16-3. It might have been going into the fourth quarter. Some people start leaving, and uh, I told you, and you were all for it. The girls were all for it. They were having a great time. No, we're going to stay till the end of the game. Well, Tom Brady leads a comeback in, in his vintage uh, style, <laughs> and they win the football game on a touchdown pass from Tom. It was a great game. To Rashad White. Yeah. I told him that story before we sat down for the interview, so uh, he, he had an awesome reaction. It was really cool. I, w- I should have done it while we were recording, but anyway, so I told him that story. He's going to be our guest coming up, but that was your first, and that might be your only game for a, for a while. Uh, well, until like until Tom Brady comes back, which he's I'm not. Still he's, done. He he's, he's done. He's <laughs> done. He's moved on. I'm, I'm still thinking he's going to come You're back. You're going to get Baker Mayfield. <laughs> No, no, no. I think Tom is going to come back. I just have a feeling. You no, know what I mean? It, he's done. He's, I have a he, feeling. He's owning teams now. He's got a, I know. a soccer team. He's too team cool for or, school or, now. Yeah, he's got that. that. That's not happening. But but if he ever comes back, I'm going to go to another game. <laughs> that will be the only time. Well, maybe maybe see when they retire his game. number. Will you go to that when they retire his number? Oh, yeah, yeah. Point? I'll go to that. Put I'll him go, in the yeah. team's Hall of Fame, yeah, something I'll, like that. I'll go to that, that yeah. That's an opportunity yeah. right there. But, hey, that memory that Tom and Rashad White made would not, that lasts us forever. The girls were ecstatic watching it. The fans it was a were, great game. were loving it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, and it was, it was awesome, but Rashad had to catch that ball. He mm-hmm. had to run a he had to run a route. He had to catch Tom threw it. He mm-hmm. had to catch it and he did. And, and they won that game. So it was an awesome, awesome family memory. But in this conversation, he was, he was there at the Super Bowl uh, on behalf of big brothers, big sisters, which is a, a wonderful organization, 
uh, across the U.S. They do tremendous work, and he was their benefit. He had so much growing up. He had help from a big brother. From and and that that organization is is incredible, and they do tremendous work. And it makes me think of how often children can be neglected because we're fortunate to have two little girls who turned 10 this weekend and it's, it's awesome. And we do our best to be the best parents we can. There are a lot of kids out there who are in single parent homes who are, who may not have either a mother or father. Maybe they're being raised by an aunt an uncle grandparents and, and, and they need that father figure. They need someone to um, help them, understand, learn, guide them, direct them. They need a mother in their lives. They need a woman, someone like that. So that's why these big brother, big sister programs are so important. But I look at it from a biblical standpoint, and I I look at what the Bible tells us about children. Like way back, you can go into Genesis 33.5. They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Psalm 127.3. Children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him psalm 37 26 they are always generous and lend freely their children will be a blessing and and on and on there the romans eight sixteen. the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children so in in galatians three twenty six. so in christ jesus you are all children of god through faith so first off let's understand this we are all children of god True. That that's our father in heaven. We have someone who is our biological father here on earth. And if we don't have that person in our lives influencing us and guiding us and mentoring us or the mother doing that too as well, it's important to have different organizations who Rashad benefit from, his big brothers, his big sisters. It's important for us to to think about it, right? From your standpoint, from my standpoint. Not just being great parents to our kids, but what can we do to set that example and help other children grow? Right. Like, I mean, kids are amazing and everything. Sometimes they get on your nerves and that is just the reality of things. Let's just call it I what I say it all is. these beautiful things about kids and you're like, well, sometimes well, they get on I'm your nerves. Well, I'm a mom and to all I the moms you. out there, moms are like, yeah, they're cute until they get on your nerves and they're just like not cute anymore. They're cute till but. they have an opinion. Well, yeah. When they start having an opinion and expressing it's that not just opinion, opinion. It's sad. and demands, and, it's, yeah, it's everything. It's like God help us kind of thing because we're only at ten, and ten has been well. Actually, <laughs> ten hasn't started, but it kicked in a long time ago. Yeah, and ten has been well. It's gonna be a lot of fun because nine has been interesting. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. kids are amazing. They are amazing, and. Yeah, granted it's a lot of work. It's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of work. But it's amazing and I can't really I, I don't take it for granted. I I pray for my kids all day long. I pray for for you. You're my third child all day long and I <laughs> You showed <laughs> you know. me something. What was it the other day about <laughs> Your 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 husband is yes, your is big, your extra child your who extra needs child. the most supervision. Yes. It's like, why? This why does this happen? You know? But yeah, I mean, this is just the, the, the biggest child is your husband, unfortunately. But I've been a, learning to be more dependent lately. You, Oh my gosh. So I have to give you a shout out. So wait a minute. You guys, Rob <laughs> cooked a chicken meal yeah. from scratch completely on his own. I mean, what? 
So good job, honey. You gonna tell you gonna tell them what it was? Uh, what was the name of it? Uh, so I have problems saying this word. Is it salsa or <laughs> <It's gone>. <laughs> salsa? <laughs> salsa oh, fresca Lord. chicken bake. That's that, that's what I made. So I I gotta tell everyone here, right? Oh Lord! I, I don't I I don't profess to be or know how to cook or do anything. No, no, no. no. He, I have he's now, awful. He's I've awful. Now, I've yeah. now made three meals in my entire you life. Have. I once made chicken marsala mm-hmm. like fifteen years ago. I made, and we've talked about my famous salmon and chicken dish, salmon oh, and I love potato. That. I love that dish. Salmon yeah. and a potato casserole mm-hmm. type thing. And last week, uh, I think it was on Sunday, we came home from church and yeah. you, you weren't feeling all that great. And no. you're like, I'm not cooking. I said, I'm going to do this. I got yeah. this today. And <laughs> I, I don't know anything. So I got to follow recipes. But this mm. recipe I'm trying to follow was not like, it was not done it was complicated. Yeah, it's, it was. it's like all over the place. Mm-hmm. I didn't print it out or whatever. So I get all the spices and everything else, but I don't follow. Now Now I'm doing my mom's method where you just do the eye test. Yeah. Oh, you sprinkle a little bit on, you sprinkle that instead of going a quarter teaspoon here right. and whatever it may be. So I thought that this, and also I don't like to look at chicken. So I was cutting this stuff up. Like I'm, I was grossed out. But then, but no, did I'm, I did it. Yeah. it. I thought it came you out too spicy. You applied yourself, as I, I th- said. Yeah, I thought it came out too spicy, but it you was, liked it. It was too spicy, but I loved it. You like spicy food. I love spicy food, but it was a bit extra. Like, yeah. my stomach was, like, saying, nah, <laughs> nah, this is too, <laughs> this too much. Next time, I actually got to follow. Okay, if it says a quarter yeah. of the, the, it had cumin in it. It had red that. pepper yeah. in it. It had all kinds. Like, I mean, this this was spicy. It was spicy. I want to make delicious. it again. Yeah. But I, I want to actually follow those directions. I, yeah. I don't know how we got to the, oh, um, I don't I'm now becoming a little bit more dependable. Oh, and I also yeah. learned, we might have, I, I, I learned how to make a very healthy cheesecake dessert. Yes. Let me, I, I'm going to yes. share it real quick for everybody out there. <laughs> you I know should, this, actually. This, this is Faith this on is the Field a cooking, cooking yeah, episode, right? this is the right? cooking edition. But, Sorry, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Rashad would appreciate this, too. Mm-hmm. So th- this is a very healthy cheesecake, and... First off, uh, and it's very simple. For the crust, mm-hmm. I, I get whole almonds, raw, mm-hmm. uh, unsalted. Mm-hmm. So they're healthy. Grind them up in like a coffee bean grinder. Mm-hmm. That's my base crust. Then I get in another bowl, I get Greek yogurt, uh, non-fat Greek yogurt. Put that in there with a little bit of raw honey, a little, little bit of vanilla extract, and a tablespoon of cream cheese, maybe a little bit more cream cheese. And that becomes your, that becomes, that's your cheesecake right there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I get strawberries and blueberries and, and you put them on, put them on the, uh, put them on, on, on the oven, you, you base syrup and everything else. And, and then we, we take care of that kind of as your topping, put it in the refrigerator, put it in the freezer and it comes out amazing. It comes out awesome. So so that that's my cheesecake recipe. It's a good one too. And let me right? tell you guys, it has been <laughs> incredible. It tastes so good, and I'm very finicky when it comes to like somebody cooking for me or somebody yeah. making something. Like I'm really finicky. So when he made the chicken, I literally was like, I don't think this is gonna taste good. So I'm like mentally, I was prepared to eat like a cheese and bread kind of situation, and I was like, let, let me <laughs> let let him just do his thing. But I don't, you know, I don't think I'm gonna eat it. But I had seconds. Yeah. Okay, I had seconds and it was amazing. 
and that cheesecake was wonderful, and he keeps making it for me. So I'm really happy it's with this. Healthy too. You feel good you about know, it. The, right? the, you get the, your Greek yogurt. You get your protein in there, and, yeah. and the almonds. Not nothing wrong with that. The but Rob 2.0 is great. So yeah, we'll, we'll I, get I, we'll get cooks. back to the he cooks. I like him. <laughs> we'll get back to the we'll get back to the topic yeah. at, at hand here. But the children love it, and since we're talking about children, the, the children, chil- the, 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 chil- children. the children love it. So well, the children the, the, do love it. <laughs> the children and, love it. Um, this big child here, I, I I'm the biggest child that loves it though. I love it. I, I wanted to mention that uh, I already listed a bunch of verses to talk about children, and here's something else that. Is like we're instructed, we're we're told biblically to not just care for all of the children, our children, all children, um, out of our our just our spirit of, of loving people, caring and having mercy. The same way God loves us, the mm-hmm. same way God shows us grace, the same way God takes care of us. But it also includes because you said you were starting in the beginning talking about how. It's and sometimes it's difficult, right? Mm-hmm. It's let's be honest. It Any real. parent, it's it's difficult. It also includes showing them loving discipline. And in Proverbs twenty two fifteen, it says, "Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away." It, it's telling you, ki- kids are we're, we're all. I mean, humans. We're all inclined to make mistakes, to to commit sins, to. But discipline is a way. Discipline order structure is a way to make sure you get on the right path. So there is two things I like to yeah. do when I, well, like I, 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 the word discipline is to me is a little harsh, but I understand it. But to me, there's two words that always I, I keep in my mind when I'm talking to my kids, which is being firm and being kind. Those are the two things you always have to keep in mind. So when you want to discipline a child, being too harsh is only going to do damage. And this is just like me being like, you know. This is your psychology degree coming into play. So it's only going to do damage. So the Mm. two things you really need to do is be firm, but also be kind. So, and and the the punishment has to kind of like fit the the crime kind of thing. So you can't just keep going with the whole, oh, just go to your room or just like I'm taking everything away from you. But what did that teach the kid about? what they just did nothing it taught them nothing and then you're just harsh and you're going to take stuff that they love away from them so to me i would rather just sit down with them talk to them and be firm about what they just did but also be kind as in okay well let's not do this again or let's let's do it a a different way or let's think about a different way Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is when you talk to a child as like you were talking to a best friend or something they respond a whole lot better yeah. But you have to be also firm as in like, we're not going to do this again because I, this is just not acceptable. So you have to be, you know, teach them responsibility, but at the same time, teach them kindness in the same way. So that's just my two main things that I always have to keep in mind. Do I lose it sometimes? Yeah, I do. I lose it sometimes, but it's kind of rare. Like they have to really get on my nerves for me, <laughs> for me to lose it. But I do lose it, so I'm not no, going to sit here and be a saint, you know. But there's yeah. no such thing as a perfect person. There or perfect, isn't perfect parent. We yeah. we all go through. Whatever. But when I do lose it, yeah. I I make sure I go to them and give them hugs and kisses and say, "I'm sorry, I flipped out because that wasn't cool." You know, because that you know, me like you're not responsible uh, for me flipping out because that you is know, not I'm, okay. Um, so I'm going to say this: like, since you consider me your oldest and biggest child, and yes. who needs the most supervision and all, yeah. <laughs> come when you flip out on me, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Like the hugs and because the kisses, you're, and, the, and, and the, I'm grown. sorry, I flipped. I don't get that. You're grown, and you should know better. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like so I, they're I'm, still learning. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't learning, mind some, you know? some of that because I, I get the I get the backlash, but I don't get the yeah. uh, the love and the, and the comfort. I, I want to mention this well. when you're talking about when we're talking about children in the in the Bible, and, and I read a lot of these verses, many of them in the Old Testament, and, and a couple Paul had written in in Galatians, and I, I mentioned Romans. Jesus talks so often about children throughout the New Testament and his love for little kids. And the, there's, of course, the, the example where there people are bringing kids to him and, and the disciples want to shoo them away. And Jesus is like, no, let the children come to me. And he wants them drawn closer to him. And he called to a little child and he placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Matthew 18, two through six. Jesus's love for children is evident. Jesus's love for people Humanity is evident throughout the New Testament, but his love for children and, and the way he takes care of them is such an example for all of us. And going back to Rashad, who's coming up shortly, and what he encountered growing up and and being able to get that help through the big brothers and big sisters, and that's certainly something that all of us, even if we're not involved in an organization like that, we can reach out. And sometimes you know, we're talking because we're parents some of our listeners may not be parents. Some of our listeners may Live not. Your life. <laughs> they may not be at that stage in their life. They may not want to have kids, but that's mm-hmm. something that you can do yeah. to reach out to mentor a young child, to be there for a young child. There are so many kids in our communities who don't have father figures or who don't have a mother, and they can they need somebody who they can look upon to help them in those ways. So think about that. Think about what Jesus tells us in the Bible of of his love for children, how we should be like them and and how we should care and show mercy and and compassion. Up next, you're going to hear from Rashad White. You're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Since 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice, not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. Heritage's milk is still the sweetest, coffee's hot and fresh, and Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's Dairy Stores. It's not just our name, it's our heritage. This is Derrick Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome back to Faith on a Field Show. I'm Rob Motti. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonafieldshow.com and find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an awesome lineup of guests. 
You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You'll hear the full interviews on there. In case sometimes we just cut them a little bit short for radio, be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on the Field and tell as many people as you can about the show. If you would like to be a sponsor, a partner, a donor for our show, help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonafieldshow.com. We have different packages. We can cater them specifically to fit whatever your needs may be. Our goal since the start has been to be on a sports radio station in every state. If you don't have a business to advertise, but you want to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Rashad White, is entering his second season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was a third-round pick in 2022. He had a nice rookie season with the Bucs. This year, he's going to enter as RB1, the starting running back for Tampa Bay. Here is my conversation with Rashad back at the Super Bowl. Shout, man, great to have you here. You had a really interesting rookie year with the Buccaneers. Like, you guys make the playoffs. You know, you come in, you, you, you got Tom Brady on this team, and there's a lot of high expectations, right? Yeah. And, and things don't you make the playoffs, win the division, but it, it's not what we had expected of Tom. What was your sense coming in what that was going to be? Like, did you walk in and go, man, I should be here right now playing in the Super Bowl? Or, like, it's a learning experience, first time in the league. Uh, yeah, so for me, it was a big learning experience. I mean, being a young guy, for me, my mindset coming in was just gaining everybody respect. Uh, I knew, like you said, Tom Brady. I mean, we could name all of them. Mike, uh, you got Levante. I mean, guys on the defensive side, guys on the offensive side, you know. So my biggest thing was gaining guys' respects and making guys feel like they could trust and believe in me uh, to do my job at the highest level to my best ability and uh, kind of just go from there. So as the season went on, that's what kind of happened. And uh, I already knew my uh, my team, I got a great camp around me, my agent and all my um, people. They said I was going in a great situation, and I ended up in a great situation. I mean, it wasn't what we expected, of course, mm-hmm. but, I mean, make the playoffs your rookie year, you know, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. When you come in there and you know you got a guy like Lenny Fournette um, on the depth chart, and he's a guy who's had success, playoff Lenny, won a Super Bowl with the team, uh, it's a league now where more than one running back is going to get used and going to get used often. Yeah. The, the days of a running back getting the ball 25, 30 times, they're over. You're going to have to be interchanged, mixed up, for, get some rest, fresh legs in there. What was your mindset coming in? Did you, did you think, like, you would end up being used as much as you did? Uh, so I really didn't know. Uh, I was really, my mindset, I was always born and um, things like that. How I grew up, my mom raised me, you know, control what I could control. So um, my mindset was just, like I said, putting my best foot forward every day, mm-hmm. but focus on getting better as a, you know, as a teammate, as a human being, and uh, as an athlete, uh, as a running back every day. So that was my biggest thing. But coming in, I just know I wanted to compete. Uh, I always felt like I was a starter caliber guy. I could start and do big things in this league, and I really still believe that. And that was my biggest thing, coming to compete and put my best foot forward every day. Was there a moment, Rashad, during a rookie year where you felt like, man, I belong here. I, th- this is, like, I, I made it. I'm in the NFL. Like, where you have that, wow. Um, I'll say for me, it was like, um, I mean, honestly, for me, obviously, I had the big game Germany week, and it was yeah. uh, like I got the ball 20 times, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, this is me. And, um, you know, I really belong here. Like, you know, this is, you know, what I should be doing. So I would just say Germany week. But I always had, like, little glimpses here and there and things like that. But obviously, you know, I got a lot of stars on my team. So uh, and I'm not tripping about touching the ball all the time. I would never be that guy, no matter how big I get or how great I get to be, like, let me touch the ball. But I just understood, though, like, yeah, like, this is my opportunity. And Coach kept believing in me. My uh, team kept believing me. And I closed the game out. So it was good. What did you expect from – 
Tom Brady, not the quarterback, but the guy who's like a mega celebrity, right? Because when I when I started to get closer to the team, I I realized like he's very approachable, he's very relatable, he likes to be one of the guys, and, and he he's just like a, a leader, and he's down to earth. Like, did did you get that sense from him? Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. I expect like you know, I mean, a lot of people paint these narratives. Me, I try to not fall into that. So I ain't gonna lie, I didn't know what to expect. But then when I came in and and, and Tom greeted me. Uh, you know, in the hallway, like, you know, nice to meet you. I heard great things about you. Uh, I'm Tom wow. Brady. Uh, I'm like, I'm Rashad White. I'm a rookie running back. He's like, yeah, I know who you are. People have been telling me about you in OTAs and things like that. I was like, yeah, that's amazing, you know, that he would greet me and things like that. And just see him greet a lot of guys. I mean, I see him sit by a practice squad guy every day and talk to him every day wow. in meetings. So, like, just to see who he was and the type of human being he was, that was really, like, resonated with, with me. And it goes to show, like, a lot of guys on our team, the most guys that had the most success in this league, like Julio Mike, a lot of the uh, guys, Chris Godwin, things like that. They, you know, what I'm saying they were great guys, they're great human beings first, and I, that's what I always pride myself on being. Tell me about the impact of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America that's had on your life, Rashad. Uh, so Big Brothers Big Sisters has had a huge impact. Uh, I've been with my my mentor. So uh, I met my mentor when I was eight years old, named John Waller. Um, and my mom got me and my I have three older brothers and uh, she got us all in the program and I'm watching my older brothers go out with their bigs and things like that and I wanted to but I had to you know I, that's where my patience come from because I always had to be patient and wait my time especially being the youngest <laughs> you know um, and things like that so just having my mentor John Waller come into my life at eight and just all the things that we did the impact he had on my life is you know part of the reason why I'm here uh, now and um, just things like that just being ever fun so I like the big brothers big sisters you know program a lot and I do a lot of things with them obviously you know they got the big draft coming up and things mm-hmm. like that and you know got uh they partner with the NFL and things like that now I mean I got guys on my team like Levante you know he do a lot with the big brother wow. okay. Levante David and stuff like that so he helped me out too, get involved in a lot of that so you know just looking for it's 30,000 kids you know on a waiting list right now and we're just looking for more mentors you know mm-hmm. I feel like it'll have a huge impact you know as well and you know and most of them are built boys and you know like I feel like young boys and you know males they need a lot of guidance you know especially with growing up you know from a um, um, you know male figure that's older yeah. and you know to show them the ropes and show them you know the way to think, do things so you know we're looking for about 6,000 you know uh, mentors to come around and you know we're trying to get that in about 60 days you know wow those numbers are staggering, Rashad. As I look at that and I see that there's a need for there's 30,000 kids on yeah. the wait list. You know, what would you say to, to men like myself, teammates, others who are in a position maybe to, to go and, and be a mentor and, and really impact somebody's life? Um, I mean, I, for me, I would say I know it's tough. You know, everybody got what they got going on in life, you know, a job and things like that. You Some people don't feel like you have enough time, but... But in reality, I feel like you do have enough time. I feel like we kind of all get in that that wave of we got this downtime. Oh, but I, ain't, you know, I ain't really had no downtime. Things like that. You know, life is about sacrifices. So I would say to the mentors, man, you know, you just got to sacrifice a little bit. You know, it'd be greater in the end because you know you're gonna learn something. You're gonna get something out of it, and that kid gonna get something out of it. You know, and it have a huge impact in a way to change lives. You know, that's what I'm all about. Rashad, I appreciate your time. One last thing for you, I feel like. Faith is a big part of your life, yeah. faith in God. Tell me about that. Uh, so for me, just faith in God, I mean, I was raised up going to church and things like that. Uh, my uh, grandma, my uh, papa, they still go to church and things like that. So um, I be doing a lot of Bible study, things like that. So, I mean, I just believe in God. I just, you know, know I trust God. Uh, everything being God timing. So, I mean, I could tip my hat off to a lot of that. Like a lot of dudes, like, how you got so much poise? You know, I fumble the ball, but I'm able to go back in and score a game with a touchdown or, you know, just things like that. Like, you know, because I just give it up to God. You know, everything in life I feel like is 
it's what's meant to be. It's meant to be. And, you know, you can't really dwell on nothing. So I love God, you know, obviously. And, I mean, God is there. We're walking with us all through all walks of life, you know. Amen, brother. Appreciate you, you, man. Appreciate That's it for this week. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our Faith on a Field Show team. And thank you for listening to Faith on a Field Show. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free.